Today's daf is Tainus Daf Hey. We left off on Daf Dalit Am Beis at the bottom of the page. We're first going to finish up up until the Mishnah is going to talk about what happens in Chutz Aretz when it comes to Mashiv Ruch Mardegeshim, which we know we start uh, according to at least some opinions in Tanaim on Shmini Atzeres. So do we start on Shmini Atzeres and then start again on Simchas Torah? Do we only start on Simchas Torah? What do we do when there are two days of Yantif in Chutz Aretz? The Mishnah is going to talk about the Machlokas when to stop asking for rain when we stop saying uh, and the Gemara is going to tell us about the amazing rain and the um, incredible uh, pace of growth of produce in the days of Yoel and because that's the Pasuk that we're going to use as the source for when we stop asking for rain and then the majority of the daf is going to be six conversations that took place between Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak um, a lot of Agadita what people ate during the seven years of famine they discussed they discussed the concept of Yerushalayim Shalmah and Yerushalayim Shalmata. They discussed the reason for Shmuel Hanavi aging prematurely and uh, becoming a Zakin, even though he already died at a young age. They talk about uh, the concept of Yaakov Avinu Lomais, of Kala Omer Rachav Rachav Miyad Nikra, fascinating uh, Agadita, fascinating discussions that took place between two Gedolei Amaraim, Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzhak. But first, let's uh, begin from four lines from the bottom of the page in Dav Dalit Beis, asks the Gemara, Va'anandis l'ntreyomi hechi avdinan. We who observe two days of Yantav and Chutzlar, it's because we have a so what do we do about Mashiv Ruach Mardegeshem? You can only start it once, it would seem. So the Gemara says three possibilities. A possibility number one, Amar Rav, Maschil B'Musafin, you start on Musaf of Shmini Atzeres, Uposek B'Mincha Arvis V'Shachris, and then don't say Mashiv Ruach Mardegeshem at Mincha on Shmini Atzeres, or Mariv or Shachris of Simchas Torah, and then V'chozer B'Musafin, and then you begin again at Musaf Shmuel, Shmuel said to, to Rav, he said to, not to Rav, but to the Talmudim who reported Rav's shita to him, get out of here and go tell Abba, go tell Rav, you can't do that. Once you already declare the day Kodesh by, by, by saying Mashavarach Mardageshem at Muslim, you can't then go ahead at Mincha and not say Mashavarach Mardageshem. If you hold today Shemini Atzeres, then it's Shemini Atzeres. Then you have to say Mashavarach Mardageshem at Mincha also. You can't start at Muslim and then not say it at Mincha. Shmuel says, I have a different approach. Second opinion. And you start at Muslim and Shemini Atzeres. Uba Mincha, and certainly you say it at Mincha as well, because once you say that today is Shmini Atzeres, you have to say it at Mincha as well. But Uposek Arvis Veshachris, you don't have to say it that night at Marav, because that's not the same day anymore, and you don't say it Shachris the next morning of Simchas Torah, Vechazer Amaschil B'Musafin, but you start Mashavaruch Mardagashim again at Musaf on Simchas Torah. Rava Amar, third opinion. Kivan Shehischil Shuvein Uposek. Rava says that no, once you start, you don't stop. You, and that's what we do, obviously. Once you start Mashvarach Mardageshem on Shmini Atzeres at Musaf, you continue to say Mashvarach Mardageshem at every subsequent Shmona Esrei. Vechenam Rav Sheshes Kivin Sheishchul Shuvein Uposek, that's Rav Sheshes told as well. Vafrav Hadabe, Dom Rav Hanan, Alam Rav, Mona Esrim Vachad Yom Kedarak Shemona, Asari Yom Miroshana Yom Kipurmu Maschil. And even Rav changed his mind and ultimately said that once you start saying Mashvarach Mardageshem, you don't stop because 
Rav, Rav Hanana said in the name of Rav, that just like we count 10 days from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, you can also count 21 days from Rosh Hashanah to the day you start saying Mashiv Rokh Maragashim, because that would be Shemini Atzeres, and you would continue to, uh, to, to say it after uh, that point. Once you start saying it, you don't stop. And that's why we paskin that once we begin saying it, we do not uh, we do not stop stop saying Mashvaroch Umar Dageshem. The uh, Rabbi Kiva Eger raises the question that Tosos and Dabezam Bez uh, writes for the name of the Yerushalmi that the reason we begin Dafka by Musaf and not by Mariv the night before the Yerushalmi says is because the most people are in Shul at Musaf. People aren't really in Shul as much at Mariv the night before. Apparently they wouldn't slip out to the Bate Knesios at Mariv the night before and uh, they always had a problem with latecomers in the morning so it's not just a modern problem so at Shachris people were not necessarily always in in, in shul uh, so they waited till Musaf when everyone is in shul so that you could uh, it's that everyone will know that you ha- that we've begun to say Mashavaruch Mardageshem but if that's the case says Ruki Vegar on Yom Tov Sheni uh, you certainly should have to start it by Arvis meaning why is it that according to Rav and, and, and according, according to Shmuel also we don't say it at Mariv and Shachris of Simchas Torah, right? Why do we not say it at Mariv and Shachris? The only reason we don't say Mariv and Shachris and Shemini Yatzer is because we assume people weren't in Shul yet. But that's because it's the first day of Yantif. But once you already said Mashvarach Mardageshem and Musaf, so you should no longer be concerned about people not knowing about us saying Mashvarach Mardageshem. So why would you not say it at uh, Mariv and, and Shachris that in the night of and uh, the morning of Simchas Torah? That's uh, Rabbi Kivager's Kasha. It's also an interesting discussion over here. Rav's, the reason Shmuel rejected Rav, uh, who had said, Rav had said that you start at Musaf and Shemini Atzeres, but then don't say it at Mincha, is that Shmuel said, well, if you're going to say that today is Shemini Atzeres, well, then you have to hold today Shemini Atzeres, and you have to keep on saying it. You can't say Shmini, it's Shemini Atzeres at Musaf, but it's not Shemini Atzeres at Mincha. You can't uh, declare it Kodesh and then treat it as if it's uh, as if it's Chol. So this concept is something that is applied by Poskim in other contexts as well. Some Poskim write that um, you have to say Svira Saomer on uh, the second night of Pesach, specifically um, uh, after uh, the Seder and not before the Seder. Why? So the Ramami Panu, it is, it's based in Ramami Panu, and, it's, uh, the, and, and the Chida quotes this as well, uh, in the name of uh, many Mukubalim, uh, that, uh, the, that, that, uh, that there are reasons Alpi Kabbalah and Alpi Nigla. One of the reasons that, that Alpi Nigla, that we only start counting Svira Saomer, or that many people only start counting Svira Saomer, after the Seder is because once you've already made the day Chol by counting Sefirah Saomer, you can't then treat it as Kodesh by having a Seder. So you have to have the Seder first and then count the Sefirah Saomer because we go from Kedusha into Chol and the first day, first day of Yantif is Kodesh and then we have Chol and So to have Kodesh first then Chol is fine. But once you declare the day Chol by counting it, by counting Sefirah Saomer, which is really something you're supposed to do on the first night of Chol and in Eretz Israel, so uh, we can't then declare Declared Kodesh uh, um, by by having by having a seder. So uh, I, even though Becholof, and if he counts for your after the seder, you're then going to make it Kodesh anyway. Bitfila at Shachris and Musaf the next morning. But nevertheless, as much as we're uh, as as much as we're able to minimize that obvious uh, the difference between Kodesh and Chol, so we try to minimize it. That's the explanation that they give. It's the same concept that we that we apply over here. There's also it's a little bit troubling this line over here in the top. 
top of the Gemara, in the top of uh, Amid Aleph, where it says that just like we count 10 days from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, so do we count 21 days to, uh, to when we start saying Mashvarach Marta Geshem. So Rashi quotes two Perushim as to what's going on over here. First, he, he says that just like we count the days from Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur, so do we begin to count from the first day of Rosh Hashanah, meaning when we count from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, it's 10 days, we have a Sarsim Echuvah. How do we count those 10 days? Meaning in English, when you, when you say something is 10 days later, you would not refer to Yom Kippur as being 10 days later from Rosh Hashanah. You would refer to it as 9 days later because you wouldn't count the first days of, of Rosh Hashanah. Meaning day 10 of a series is 9 days after day 1, the way we normally refer to it. So we're saying, Keshem Shemonim, just like when we count the 10 days from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, we, we count the extremes also, like between my, my pinky and my thumb is 5 Right, you could have you could have counted it as four. You could have counted it as three. Right, there, there are three in between. But we say we counted as five. So uh, so too when we count from from uh, the the twenty one days from Rosh Hashanah, we count day uh, one of Rosh Hashanah in the Cheshbon as well. That's how Rashi says the first possibility. Second possibility, Rashi says, if they're Ma'aber Chodesh Elul, we count the twenty one days from the day that we count the ten days uh, the Yom uh, Kippur, meaning from the second day and not the first day of the Ma'abr Chodesh Elul it's not from 30th day of Elul but rather it's from the first day of Tishrei that we count these 21 days the Maritz Chayis just points out that according to both Perushim and Rashi it's still very difficult to understand what in the world this has to do with counting to Yom Kippur meaning you want to tell me the date that we start saying Mashvarach Mardageshem tell me the date we start saying Mashvarach Mardageshem this has absolutely nothing to do with Yom Kippur it has nothing to do with Aser Simei Tshuva why would we, uh, we even bring that up so the Maritz Chayis explains that just like the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Kippur, it counts the days of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur amongst those Aserus Yimei Tshuva, because otherwise you only have seven days between Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur so too the 18 uh, the, 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 I'm sorry, so too when we count the 21 days, that's the day 21 is included in the count, and on day 22 we already begin to uh, to be Mazkir, meaning when we say there are 21 days, before we uh, we, we say Mashvaruch Mordek Geshem it includes day 21 also as one of the days before we start saying Mashvaruch it's only on day 22 that we start saying Mashavar Chamar Geshem. So it's not just on, on, on the beginning of the count that we have to count that toward the, the, uh, the days, but at the end of the count also, it all counts in the same Cheshbin of days, just like when we refer to the Aserisimei Tshuva. Okay, says the Mishnah. When do we stop asking for rain? Rabbi Yudah says when Pesach is over. Now we had uh, two possibilities that, that uh, take this. Uh, Beyond the Pashat Pshat on Dalalam and Beza, we saw yesterday that maybe Achiyavar Pesach means Achiyavar the Carbon Pesach, till we finish Carbon Pesach, which is not so crazy. The Torah, whenever it refers to Pesach, is talking about not what we call not, not what we call Pesach. That's what the Torah calls Chagamatzos. When the Torah calls Pesach, it's talking about the special celebration of the bringing of the Carbon Pesach, which was really an Erev Pesach din. That was one possibility we saw. Another possibility, Achiyavar Pesach, we saw, and we rejected both both of these possibilities, but another one that we saw was that maybe Achiyavar Pesach means until the first Shliach Tzibor of the first day of Pesach, 
finishes davening. That's Yavara Pesach. But the Pashup Shad is actually Yavara Pesach. It means still Pesach is over. Remeir Omer Adshayetse Nisan. And Remeir is the Shita we're going to focus on. We already focused on Rabbi yesterday. That Adshayetse Nisan. Until Nisan is over, we continue to ask for rain. Shenemar. Because the Pasuk says, Vayorodachem Geshem, Moro Umalkosh. Three types of rain. Barishon. All in the first month. All in Nisan. So during Nisan, it's still a time that's appropriate for rain. Amle Rav Nachman Rav Yitzchak. Rav Nachman says Rav Yitzchak. Here's the first. We're going to have uh, six additional conversations between Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak later on in the in the daf, and that's going to be pretty much what frames the entire daf conversations between Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak. But the way we get into it is by this initial conversation of Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak that actually relates to our Mishnah, and that's going to lead us into all these other conversations between Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak. That's the style of Talmud Bavli. Sometimes you, you don't see any connection between uh, one Gemara and the next. It's just the Amorayim. In the same conversations between the same people, so we we shake out all the different conversations that they ever had. So Amalei of Nachum the Rav Yitzchak Yora Benisanu is uh, is Yora really in Nisan? The Yora rain Yora is a type of rain. Does that really happen in Nisan? Yora b'Marcheshvan who the Yora rain comes in Marcheshvan. How can uh, the pasuk say that it happens in Nisan? So Ditanya Yora Marcheshvan and Malkosh b'Nisan Yora happens in Marcheshvan Malkosh happens in Nisan. So Amalei. So he said, no, you're right, that generally it may happen in Marcheshvan, but what Rabbi Yochanan was saying is as follows. Rabbi Yochanan explained it as follows. This Pasuk that says that the Yora, the, the, the Malkosh, the, the, the Geshem, all came in Nisan, all came Barishon, all came in that first month, was a, a, referring to a specific time in history during the days of Yoel. Because it says, it discusses uh, what happened during the times of Yoel. There was a seven-year famine. Things were very, very bad. Locusts ate up everything that was out in the field. There was starvation. They didn't have anything to eat. And that year, by the time Adar was over, it still hadn't rained. So the winter's over by the time Adar has passed. It still hasn't rained. The very first rain was on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Now that's very, very late for the first rain, and you can't plant anything until you have the first rain, because you can't plow ground that's completely rock solid and dry and has no, has, has, has no moisture to it. You need that initial moisture just to plow and plant. So that first rain came on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So the Navi said to the Jewish people, go out and plant. They said, he said, even if we did have food, whoever has any food left, we have two options what to do with it. We could either eat it and survive, or we could plant it, and if it doesn't rain again, we're dead. And guess what? It's Nisan. It might not rain again. This stuff is not going to grow anyway. The Navi said, no, do it anyway. Go out and plant it. And then a miracle happened, and the grain that was hidden in the walls, and that was in the ant holes, became revealed to them, meaning they found all sorts of grain. So they went out and they planted on the second, third, and fourth day of Chodesh Nisan. And the second rain came on the fifth day of Nisan. So uh, so the, thing, the the crops could grow. And it had grown sufficiently that they were able to bring the Karban Omer on the 16th day of Nisan that year, just 11 days after the second rain took place. Grain that normally takes six months to grow 
grew that year in 11 days. Nimsa Omer Karav Mitzvah Shal Shisha Chadashim Karav Mitzvah Shal The carbon Omer, which normally was brought from grain that took six months to grow, was brought that year from grain that only took 11 days to grow. And it was about that generation that we say that Azorim Bedima, those who were planting with tears in their eyes, those who were planting Bedima because they thought they had nothing, they thought they were going to die, they were going to starve to death. By the time they were harvesting, it was with celebration and joy that they were harvesting because they saw the great miracle that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for them. What's that, that part of the Pasuk referring to? It was unbelievable how quickly it was growing that as the ox was plowing the field in one direction, it was it was like crying because there was nothing to eat, but as it was coming right back up the field in the other direction, it was already eating from what, it, what was just planted on the, behind it behind, uh, as it was plowing. So by the time it walked right back up the field, there was already what to eat. That's what it means, that it came back, Berina. What does Nosei Alumosav mean? Not only did the grain grow, but it grew in such an unusually productive way that normally the stalk of the grain is much larger than the actual ear of, uh, you know, the actual the part of the grain that actually is, has food. So, but over there it was the opposite. The, uh, the, the kana itself, the stalk, was only one zeres, one hand zeres from, his, from the, the end of the thumb to the end of the pinky when you spread it at, when you spread your hand out. That was the size of the stalk, but then the actual edible part was two zrasayim, it was two zarases, so it was, uh, it was twice as big. So that was uh, the, the great miracle in the days of Yoel after the awful famine that, the, uh, that, that, they had to, that, that people had to suffer through. So now, Rameir had said in the Mishnah, how do I know that you still ask for rain through Nisan? Because the Pasuk says, So I asks the Shagasari in Sefer Gvurasari, the Gemara explains that this was all about during the days of Yoel, where we had this incredible event that took place, that the grain grew in 11 days, and it was this incredible miracle. So how is that a raya, that we're always supposed to ask for rain through Chodesh Nisan? Because that one year that rained in Chodesh Nisan, and this incredible miracle happened, that stuff actually grew from it, and it was, that's why every year we ask for rain in Chodesh Nisan. What does that have to do with Maisa Nisan? Maisa was a one-time historical event that took place. Not only that, he says, we're not mispalled on something that's 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 uh, shino miteva minaga olam. It's uh, oh, it also he says, when did it rain taka that year? It says it rained on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. They planted second, third, fourth day in Nisan. Then it rained again on Hey Nisan. So we ask for rain for all of Nisan. We should stop asking for rain at Haini Sun. That's it. That was the last time it rained. Uh, on, in, even in the days of Yoel, that was the last time it rained. So why are we davening for a miracle? Uh, why are we davening about something that, that clearly relates to Maisa Nisim uh, every single year? And also, why, why do we go through all of Nisan? It should be that we only go through Haini Sun with asking for rain. So the Rashash is Metaret, that since the Navi phrased it in such a way, Barishon, and the Navi just said Barishon and didn't, uh, didn't uh, get specific as to what day of the Chodesh Rishon, what day of the first month. So you see that uh, the Navi is trying to tell us that throughout, that the entire Chodesh Nisan is Ra'oi 
for uh, for rain. It was just that in Yo- in, in in the days of Yoel, so that it happened specifically toward the beginning of the month, but really it could have happened at any point during the month. And with that, we're miyashiv the other kasha as well, because the 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 pos- since the pasuk is mashma that the entire chodesh nisan is this man that's rotly for your readers kashamim. It's just that during the days of Yoel, it had to happen early so that in those eleven days things can grow. Meaning, in a typical year, things already grew by then, so it could still rain. It's not going to ruin anything when it still rains through uh, through Nissan. But we, we Dafka needed it at the beginning of the month, specifically during that uh, during that time period. Also, another major discussion that the Akronim have over here is that the Gemara says that they were Mekayim, the mitzvah of, of the Karban Omer that year, with this grain that grew in the course of 11 days. So there's a big discussion in Akronim the, the, whether one is allowed to be Mekayim mitzvahs with something that was made al yedei nes. The, uh, the Gemara Masechus Menachos says, Chitin sheyardu ba'avim. Are they kosher for shtei alechem or not? The Gemara raises the shayla that if you have a wheat that comes down in the clouds or something, something that comes miraculously, can one be mekayim a mitzvah with something that's clearly meisen nisim? So uh, the achronim, uh, the the achronim of mechalik, the something that's that's nivra benes, that's not melubash bederach hateva at all. That has it's not it's it doesn't it, there's no it's not dressed up as nature in any way. There's no logical natural way to explain it. So poskim say that's what it's talking about in the Gemara that you're not supposed to do a mitzvah, but something that happens where it's uh, where they, you know they plant in the ground it rains things grow okay it grows a little more quickly but at least there's some teva involved in the way in the way it came about so that you're allowed to be mekayim a mitzvah where do the postcom discuss this so there is a uh, there is a safer that suggests that if, uh, if, if a man marries an akara, a man marries a woman who's incapable, uh, who's unable to have, uh, to have children, so there, 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 there are some svarim that suggest that, uh, that they're not mekayim the mitzvah of pururvu. How could, what did it mean? How could they not be mekayim in the mitzvah of Puravu? Because of this, uh, this idea that it was a total nace that she had children uh, because she was nakara. So you can't be mekayim in the mitzvah of Puravu. So the post say, no, that's, that's a totally different story. You can't, uh, the, the Sefer Derech Pikudecha has such a suggestion. So that's what the Achronim say. That's melubash bederech hateva because uh, sometimes people are unable to have children and the miracles of modern medicine and, uh, you know, and uh, uh, just uh, sometimes things break the, their way, and Akurish Baruch Hu sees to it that they're able to have children. So it's Malubash Bederach Hateva, then they are allowed to be, they are able to be Makayim the Mitzvah, even though it happens Bederach Nes. The Mitzvah and also has an interesting Ha'ar over here. The Rashi Mesech Roshana says that uh, the, uh, the, the, the Sa'orim that they would use for the uh, Karbonomer, um, Sa'orim only takes, Rashi points out, two months to grow. They would plant it during Shvat and Adar, and because it was Mimaher Lezbashal, Rashi says, Roshan Adav that it grew so quickly, so it only took two months for it to grow. So it is a little bit odd, the Mitzvah points out, that the Gemara specifically says, that which normally took six months to grow, grew in 11 days. It didn't normally, that's a little bit of an overstatement, it sounds like, from, from Rashi, Masech Roshana. It didn't normally take six months to grow. It normally took two months to grow. So yeah, it's miraculous, but it doesn't seem like it's, uh, it doesn't, doesn't seem that, that the six months is the is the accurate number based on uh, based on that Rashi. Um, the other, uh, the other, just uh, technical question that the Marsha raises over here is: We said Hazorim bedima 
Berino Yiktsaru. What was Zorim Bedima? When they were planting, they were planting Bedima, they were crying because they thought they were going to starve to death. Berino Yiktsaru. But wait, didn't we just say in the Gemara that they found stuff in the walls and they found, uh, meaning they didn't want to plant their grain? And the Navi said, do it anyway. And then they found stuff in the walls and they found stuff in the Kharinimalim. So uh, so that's why they put So why were they Zoraya Bedima? They already had food. So the Marsha says, no, what you have to say is they had to take that plunge first. They had to, they had to, to uh, commit to planting first. And once they planted, that's when they found stuff in the walls and that's where, what they survived. The, the Seder Hadvarim is not the way the Gemara arranges it. The Seder Hadvarim was they found everything in the walls after they already, they already planted. We find sometimes that Baruch Baruch Hu rewards Bitachon with the nace. It's not that you have a nace and then you don't have to have Bitachon. It's, uh, it's like jumping into the Yamsuf. That you have to take that leap in. You have to go up until your neck in the water and then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to make the Kriyas Yamsuf. You have to show that Bitachon, that show of Bitachon first and then Akhrush Baruch Hu, uh, then Akhrush Baruch Hu will, will perform the miracle to uh, to make sure that, uh, that to, to reward such a bitachon. Okay, further in the Gemara now, a more conversation between Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchok. So I'm going to have Nachman and Rav Yitzchok. Ma'idichsiv. What does the pasuk mean when it says Kikar Hashem the Rav Gamba Alard Shevashanim? So Bahanuk Shevashanim Ma'yachul. So what happened during the seven years of famine? What did people eat during those seven years? Amalei Hachem Rav Yochanan. Shan Rishon Ha'achlu Mashabatim. First year they ate whatever they had in their houses. Shnia. The second year they ate whatever they had in the fields. Shlishes pasur beimatara. Third year they they ate a lot of meat, uh, the kosher meat. Revius pasur beimatzmeya. Fourth year non kosher meat. Chamishes basur shkatsim ramasim. By the fifth year they were just eating creepy crawling things because they had no meat either. Shishes basur bneim nosem. By the sixth year they had become uh, so they they they've gone delirious by being so uh, so hungry that they started eating the the basur of their own children, which obviously is totally unnatural. That's something that a person has to be delirious, a person has to be out of his mind. So, uh, so they were ready at that point in the sixth year. Shviyas Basr's Ro Sehem. And the seventh year, they were eating the, their own flesh off their own bodies. That's how out of their mind they had, they had gone with starvation. Lekayim Mashnemer, Ish Basr's Ro Yochelu. That even the, the Basr of his arms, he's going he's gonna to eat. That's how bad the, the famine got. Vamle Rav Nachman Rav Yitzchak. Another conversation between Rav Nachman Rav Yitzchak. Rav Nachman says Rav Yitzchak, Maidur Siv, Bikir Bukha Kadosh what does this passage mean? Because we have Kedusha in our midst, so Hashem doesn't come to the city? Now, Adrabi, you would think that when we have Kedusha in our midst, that's when Hashem will dafka come to Yerushalayim. So, this is what means to say, I will not come into Yerushalayim Shalmaila until Klaviso, until there's Kedusha, Klaviso brings me into Yerushalayim Shalmata. So, what is this Yerushalayim Lamala? Is there such a thing as a heavenly Jerusalem? In Why is Yerushalayim, the rebuilt Yerushalayim considered an ear that's connected? What's it connected to? So, Chazal Darshan, that it's Mechaber, all of Klal Yisrael, because all of Klal Yisrael goes to Yerushalayim and connects to Yerushalayim, but we're understanding now that the connection is between Yerushalayim Shalmala and Yerushalayim Shalmata. That's Chubrala Yachtav, that the two Yerushalayims are in fact connected to, uh, to each other. That's the Irsha Chubrala Yachtav. Now, the, uh, the, 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 the Akronim point out, the Marsha points out, that once you can understand the Pasuk as being Ad, that I'm not going to do this until... So why do you have to 
even bring in Yerushalayim Shemayla. Then the Pasuk makes sense as is. Meaning, once you have the Ad uh, point, you could just say that Kodesh Baruch is saying, I'm not going to rest my presence in Yerushalayim Shalmata until Klali Yisrael brings some Kedusha, till they do holy things there, till they actually make a move to show that they're willing to live a life of Kedusha. You wouldn't even need the, the, the Ad. The, uh, the, the, the Marsha writes that you could say Al-Darach Drash that it's Bulash on Tema, that, uh, that, that if, if uh, in Yerushalayim Shalmata you have Kedusha, what, you think I'm not going to come to Yerushalayim Shalmala? That of course, if I, once I'm a Masha Meshchin in Yerushalayim Shalmata and you give me place to be Masha Meshchin in Yerushalayim Shalmata, then of course I'll be Masha in Yerushalayim Shalmala. Sfas Emes says that's very nice, but it doesn't really answer the question. You could say, once, the, the Kasha is still the same. You don't have to, once you have the Ad, the, uh, the, it all could have been explained in Yerushalayim Shel, Shel Mata that uh, even Belash and Tema could have been explained that way do you think if you bring Kedusha into Yerushalayim Shel Mata I'm not going to bring my Shechina into Yerushalayim Shel Mata you still didn't need to bring Yerushalayim Shel Maila into the mix so it's unclear why, why, what, what forced the Gemara to bring Yerushalayim Shel Maila up okay another conversation with Rav Nachman Rav Yitzchak Maidich Sivu Va'achas Yivaru V'yichasl Musra Avalim Eitzhu Amalei Hachem Rav Yochran there's one awful Avera that burns up all the Rishayim in Gehenim. Mayhi, what is that Avera? Avodazara. It's Avodazara, the worst Avera on earth. It's referred to as Hevel. Uh, so you see, Avodazara is explicitly referred to as Hevel. So that's the Achas. This awful Avera that makes the Rishayim burn up is, uh, is, is Avodazara. Another conversation between Nachman Yitzhak and Nachman what does the Pasuk mean when it says that that there are two evils that my nation has done what do you mean there are 24 Ra'os that the Navi actually counts out 24 Averos that they did why well, would you say only two some of the gears to 22 so Rashi says uh, that, that, that the tw- it's, it's Shtayim plus the 22 and it refers to the Chavdalat Svarim the Chavdalat Sifrei Tanakh that they violated all Chavdalat Sifrei Tanakh what are you calling it two Averos they violated everything. Marsha, I think, says that it's, uh, according to the Gersh, it's 22, is that they violated the entire Hebrew alphabet. Me'alafatav, everything that's written with all the Hebrew letters, because there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. So anyway, Amalei, Hafi Amr Yochanan, they violated this one Avera that's as bad as two Averos. It's as bad as two Averos put together. What's the Avera that's a double Avera? Avodazarit. Specifically, Avodazarit. That they left the Makar Mayim Chaim, they left the source of pure water of a Baruch Hu, and they go to these broken wells that can't provide them with anything, referring to Avodazara. And the Pazak says, Even the Gaim don't give up their gods and trade them for other gods. And Klaus Yisrael has the real God, and we're so willing to exchange him and to go and find spirituality in all the wrong places. So Tana Kutim of them Laesh, the Kadim of them Lamaim. For example, the Kutim worship fire, the Kardim worship water. So you would think the guys who worship fire, when they see how water puts out fire, would, would think to themselves, wait, our God is really not as good as this other God of water, because water is able to put out fire. 
And even though they know that water puts out fire, they still don't exchange their gods. They still stick with their gods that they were brought up with. But Klal Yisrael is, uh, is more than willing. I mean, we have, we have people uh, will we, we, always have kashas. They're always going to say, you know, I, I struggled with Amuna, I had questions in Amuna, but then the Din the, 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 after so then what? So what did you look for? Where did you find your spirituality? You didn't have kashas in any of the other religions? You didn't have kashas in any of the other belief systems? You didn't have kashas on a system of no belief whatsoever? The kashas on that are so much greater than whatever kashas you have in, uh, in Amuna. I mean, you're taking something that has the fewest kashas of anything in the world and exchanging it for something that you have all these, uh, that, that, that are so obviously wrong, that are that so obviously are, are problematic. Why is it that Avodazar is referred to as a double Avera? Why is it a double Avera specifically that is Kishnaim? I mean, you can say it's a worse Avera, it's not quality qualitative, that it's qualitatively a worse Avera. A double Avera sounds like it's a quantitative thing, that there are two Averos involved in Avodazara. So there are different uh, approaches in the acronym. Some say that it's uh, that, that um that it's a double Avera, because there's a bitl asay of Anochi Hashem Elkecha, and there's nis of los asay of lo yelcha Elohim Acherim. So it's the first two Aseras Adibros that are both violated when one does uh, Vodazara, so it's the first two commandments. That's why we call it a double Avera. Others say it's, uh, that, that, that because Anochi and lo yelcha, and along similar lines, are bedibarecha namru. So, uh, so since they're bedibarecha namru, so that's a double Avera, because it's two Averos that came, that came as a single package. And some say that, no, think about what Avodah is. It's a double Avera because it's both an abandonment of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and a, uh, a worship of a foreign god. So both of those, uh, of those things are, uh, the, are, are, evil, are awful in their own right. If one were to ba- abandon HaKadosh Baruch Hu and not worship a foreign god, that would be a terrible Avera. If one worships a foreign god together with uh, serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's also a terrible Avera. So uh, when one does Avodazar and gives up on the Ribbon Shalom, so that's the double Avera. Avamalei Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak. another conversation with Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak. What does the Pasuk mean when it says that Shmuel got old? Did Shmuel ever get old? He, he was 52 years old when he died. If someone dies when they're 52 years old, we say that's a Misa of Shmuel Haramasi. Because in fact, Machlokas and Chazal, at what age we assume a person is no longer in, uh, in the Parsha of Kares. So uh, this, this line is quoted in that context for the Shita that holds that once you hit 50, you're beyond Kares. Normally we assume that it's 60, that a person is uh, beyond Kares. Rav Yosef wanted to make a Yom Tov of the Rabbanon when he turned 60, because he held that when he was 60, he was Pater from Kares. But Shmuel Aramasi died at 52, and it wasn't a Misas Kares, it was Misas Shmuel Aramasi. It was not a uh, sign that he, was, that he had done something wrong, or that he, you know, something like that, when he died at 52. In fact, Rav Moshe has a tshuva, Rav Moshe discusses, uh, we know that Allah is, the Gemara, the, the Gemara says that a person should not name after someone who is Rea Mazle, that you don't give a name after someone who had a bad mazel. So uh, let's say someone dies at a very young age, so you don't name after someone who died at a very, very young age unless you change the name a little bit, unless you add a more cheerful name, a Chayim, a Simcha, something to, to cheer up the name a little bit. So uh, Ramosha uh, asked, what's called young? Meaning whenever someone dies, it feels like it was too young. We wish we could have had them a little longer. So how do you define what's called dying young? So Ramesh says, we're not here to determine what's the proper lifespan 
lifespan of a person. Akrushbarch determines what's the proper lifespan of a person. Re'ev Mazli means that they died, uh, they, they had an awful life, that it was something tragic, that they, they weren't able to have children, that they never got married, that they uh, died in some awful way where they were hit, you know, some horrible accident or something. That would be Re'ev Mazale. But he says a person dies after having children and grandchildren and he's uh, 52 years old or he's 54 years old. So who are we to say that that wasn't, that's, that's, the, that, that's not the years. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's for him. So that's not Re'a Mazali. That, that you, could, uh, you can name after. And he says the Raya is that there are lots of Jews walking around with the name Shmuel. And Shmuel was uh, 52 years old. 54 is Chizkiyo. He said there are fewer Jews, but also some that walk around with the name Chizkiyo. And he was uh, 54 years old. So you see at the age of I remember when my uncle Zechariah passed away, he was 53 and we weren't sure. My son Yisrael Yaakov was born two weeks after my uncle passed away. We weren't sure if we should name him if it was Re'a Mazali. So I was looking into the Indian and I sort of Moshe the Shuvah, my uncle was 53, and Rav the Shuvah writes, if someone's 52 or 54 and he has children or whatever, so then you can name after him. So I figured probably 53 also you can name after him, 52 and 54. So anyway, so how could you say Shmuel, Shmuel, uh, Shmuel got old? He never got old. Shmuel aged prematurely, because the Pazik says that Kodesh Baruch Hu regretted being Mamluk Shaul. What does that mean? That Shmuel says to the Ribbon Shalom, you treat me like Moshe and Aaron, because in my generation, I am what Moshe and Aaron were to their generation, even though I'm not on the level of Moshe and Aaron, obviously. So, just like Moshe and Aaron, their Maisi Yadav, what they produced, didn't die in their lifetimes, So, uh, so which, which uh, Rashi says means Yoshua, that Yoshua is not only a Talmud of Moshe Rabbeinu, he was also a Talmud of Aaron. That's a Gemara, really, an explicit Gemara in Erev and the Gemara says that when uh, the Torah was given, Moshe Rabbeinu taught the Torah to everybody, and uh, then he left. And then Aaron taught it again to Yoshua and the Zikanim and everybody else. And then Aaron left and had a whole process where everything was taught four times. We see that Aaron taught, taught the Torah to Yoshua as well. So Yoshua was a Talmud of Aaron as well. So Shmuel says, I, I was Mamluk a king, Shaul. I uh, coronated a king. So he shouldn't be gone while I'm still alive. So what am I supposed to do over here? Shmuel won't let me. Shmuel won't let me. Then people are going to say these bad things about him that he deserved to die. Should I kill neither one of them? But it's already time for Dovin Amel to take over, and you can't have the, an overlap between two Malchios. Uh, what I'll do is I'll make Shmuel age prematurely. Why is it a Giva and Rama? Giva is a low place, Rama is a high place. What caused Shaul to be able to survive those two and a half years? It was the tefillah of Shmuel that kept him around. Does, a, does one person really push another person out of the way? Meaning, is a person have to die just because it's time for another person? It doesn't say haraktim with their actions. It says haraktim with their with Imre P with words so you see that one person uh, can push another person out of the way and if it comes time for David to be the Melech so then we have to make room HaKadosh Baruch had to make room for David and Melech to be Mamluk. so Reb Nachum Reh Yitzchak another conversation took place between Reb Nachum Reh Yitzchak they were having a meal Reb Nachum says to Reb Yitzchak 
but say something. I can't say anything because is you're not allowed to talk during a meal because it could uh, you you could choke and you could die. This is another one. This is Allah in It's called The Chida writes that he doesn't understand. He met Gedolei Olam. He traveled the world and every Gedolei meets eats and tells Divrei Torah at their Sudas at their meals. He doesn't understand why it's against Nafna Alacha in Shulchan Aruch. Why would that be? So okay, so Kasha. So the preacher says because nowadays we don't eat Paseba anymore. It's only when they eat Paseba. But the Shulchan Aruch quotes this, and in the days of Shulchan Aruch they didn't eat Paseba either. Kasha is better than the Teretz. Basu decided after they ate. Rabbi He says, Oh, you want me to tell you something? I'll tell you that Rabbi Yochanan says Yaakov Avinu never died. Amalei, that doesn't make sense. So they gave him a spade and they embalmed him and they buried him for no reason he, while he was still alive. That's awful. I'm just telling you what it says in the Pasuk. The, the Pasuk links Yaakov to his Zerah. Just like Yaakov's children are still alive, so too Yaakov is still alive. So uh, that, that, it's not the end of the conversation but that we're out of time. So we'll continue the conversation tomorrow from the fifth wide line.